0: You're listening to Once, episode 318, Pretty in Blue. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Seattle. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin.
2: I'm Aaron.
0: I just feel like I need to stick with that title because it totally fits. But we discussed that in the last episode. A
1: little bit. You're wearing blue. (laughs)
0: And I am wearing blue, yes. I'm wearing one of the Once Upon a Time t-shirts that is blue. It's my favorite one that says Oncer across the front of it. And if you look closely at the letters of Oncer, the letters are made up of names of characters from Once Upon a Time. You can order your own t-shirt like this and they're they're really soft and comfortable too uh go over to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts and you can order your own t-shirt there are many different designs some of them for some of your favorite characters from once upon a time and we've picked our favorite designs so you order the t-shirt
1: and then you draw the design onto the t-shirt is that right you could
0: do that or you could get it pre-printed for you oh that's wonderful they go on sale frequently (laughs) go over there to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts to learn more so this
1: this episode is going to be a little more silk than silk screen
0: (laughs) and this episode uh, of our podcast (laughs) is recorded significantly after the episode of once upon a time aired Significantly, but most likely you've seen all of the episodes recently since there was the weird thing with two episodes airing on the same night nonetheless this episode pretty in blue i'm starting to notice a trend with this spinoff of once upon a time that the computer graphics Mm -hmm. the sets are a lot better
1: well you know they don't have a clock tower to put in every time so they have a little more time and budget
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably true to an extent but like wonderland in this episode looked fantastic even the cg that we saw of the infinite maze looked so much better than the CG for The Infinite Maze in mm. Once Upon a Time Proper and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland.
1: I feel like it was a little less whimsical. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was better. I didn't think about it. We'll put it that way. I didn't really think about CG.
0: Well, and Neither did I. I. I'm also looking at it from a production perspective that even some of their green screen work seems to be better in this episode than in past seasons. Like, simply the lighting and the coloring bothered me a lot whenever they were on green screen in the past you could always tell the lighting just and the coloring just didn't look right at all part of that was because of being on a green screen but now it seems like the the green screen work is a lot better maybe they hired a new production company or they have a bigger budget or yeah maybe they hired the nerd (laughs) and the nerd can do cgi and green screen work too
1: (laughs) there are nerds in everything
0: (laughs) And, and speaking of nerds i loved that we got podcasting mentioned in this episode. <laughs> that was it great.
2: Was so good.
0: <laughs> Have you ever considered making your blog into a podcast? Belfry Industries could be your sponsor. She sounded
1: like she might actually be a consultant <laughs> in well, podcasting. <laughs> this,
0: this is basically the poisoned apple for many podcasters because many podcasters, and that's my business, is helping podcasters, but many podcasters see sponsors as the thing to get for their podcast if i could only get a sponsor then i could retire i could do whatever i could podcast full-time and that they brought podcasting into this was really fun makes me wonder if they put that in there just for us and some of the <laughs> other ones upon a time podcasters probably did not, probably, you're like, not necessarily yeah, just for us it's likely but abc knows the podcasters are still out there and the number of people still podcasting about the show has significantly dropped i don't even know the list i can't recite it anymore there are a couple other shows though uh, podcasts about the show but what do you think overall about this episode too
1: i know that i was pretty in my head it was sort of this big mix the memory had been reduced to a big mix of excitement and then i did my rewatch and i was like it was okay <laughs> I think out of the two that they showed on the same night, it was the bigger and more exciting one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it felt more significant. However, I realized upon rewatching that we actually learned a little less than I thought we did. Case in point, <laughs> I thought we learned the nature of why the curse couldn't be broken, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. We Whatever Drizella did, they faked us out. We thought we were learning what she did to Henry. But we didn't because she didn't well, do
2: we it. Got, we got a hint. She didn't do that, but she was trying to. She so she, trying could to. To she could have done it to Jacinda. Could have. However,
1: yeah, oh yeah. I have a feeling that's not it.
0: Yeah. And I Will know you? we're going to dig into that more in in our discussion here.
2: You can't expect a villain monologue. <laughs>
0: there was some very
1: good dialogue in this episode as
2: as is becoming usual and and, you know even like the
0: monologue comment i kind of feel like that's a sign of maturity of the show because villains don't really monologue in real life (laughs) it's well it's like it's really cliche to have a villain monologuing (laughs) so for them to both make fun of that and not do it in this episode i think is Funny and respectable, right?
2: It's like once two point oh, like when they redo the scary movies and end up making fun of all the previous rules of the scary movies that they're poking fun at, and it's a whole new drama, new and no- none of the rules, ha- none of the rules have to be followed anymore.
1: Right? It's like it, we know that it's a lot of the same writers, so it makes me wonder if they were just like burnt out on the old story or what the deal was when some of the really rough patches happened. Because it's, it's just, overall, I've obviously been ranting a lot less. Now, I might have been ranting a little bit more if I'd been here last episode of the podcast. But um, <laughs> that notwithstanding, <laughs> it, um, yeah, it's
0: been a good season so far.
2: Who wrote this episode?
0: This was uh, by... Some of the better writers from Once Upon a Time.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry to put it that way, but
0: the, the fans would probably agree. Those who yeah. wrote this episode. Let's see. This was by Dana Horgan and Leah Fong. Yeah. They've, they've done some really good episodes in the past.
2: Because the dialogue was like, I wrote a lot of quotes down just because right. they were funny, not because I want to even talk about them. So... <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode, and I really enjoyed the dialogue.
0: So let's talk about the bizarre love triangle.
1: First, I have an overall question. Before we get into everything, I had a a realization watching this because they took us to Wonderland with one of those portals. I've been complaining about how the portals look like the Doctor Strange portals and the ones that were in a way that makes far more sense used in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they look so similar i thought that was kind of ridiculous of them but is that how how similar did the portals in once upon a time in wonderland look well before dr strange was released i might add i don't know similar to this i remember the white rabbit swirling his little paw hand whatever and making a portal i just don't remember if it glowed and sparked orange no i don't think so
2: I think it was more purple, if I recall, but
1: okay, yeah, I, I was... even know
2: they edited those. Like, they edited oh, that's true. scenes that they had shot for the pilot and put them, like, remember in the original uh, trailer, Alice and the Knave were jumping through the portal in the sewer or something, and then they made it in broad daylight out in the backyard of the asylum or something? Oh, I don't
1: remember that yeah. change. Yeah. I remember others from the preview to the actual show, some of which were very
0: good, actually. <laughs>
1: Well I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt but maybe
0: uh maybe they still shouldn't. Well these portals do a... <laughs> seem to be super easy to come by. I mean after all Alice suddenly decided, ah, "I'm going to go into Wonderland." And then there's this portal right there. Like we didn't even see her throw a bean. Apparently everybody has a bean. Everybody has a way to travel now, which yeah. I think makes sense that this is supposed to take place several years after once upon a time proper. And so maybe at this point Tiny's uh, grove of portal beans has now completed and like he added some extra miracle grow or something that made them all fancier and so now like everybody just carries a few beans with them
1: but these are people who have never been to storybrook
0: well true this is
1: yeah there's no accounting for it it's so maybe maybe it's a mixture of the two things we've got a new story to work with but also there's so much less weight behind some of it that we just kind of go with it there's enough unknown i guess is actually how i would put it there's still a chance for them to go ahead and explain certain aspects like how they made a big deal of henry only having one bean and then later in the same episode it was like oh yeah this portal opens every day at midnight or whatever or was going to open that day or something and they never explained why that even is Or how the people from Storybrooke were able to come so easily. There's still so much more that we don't know. They may never explain any of it. But there's at least the potential. And I think that's why I have less criticism over things like that. Plus, I'm so tired (laughs) of saying, oh, look, another portal. How'd they make that?
0: (laughs) And, you know, when it comes to explaining things, not every show or movie has to explain everything.
1: They don't, but they could have simply never made a big deal out of portals being hard to come by. and realm jumpers and
0: (laughs) you look at one of the shows we highly respect lost because it was so well written so well planned out and it was such a game changer in the tv space there are so many things about lost they didn't even explain how is that even possible like why is she the guardian or how I know, did going down there turn him into that and- i
1: can't think of anything that they explicitly stated and made a main plot point that they later contradicted and never explained okay. that's what okay. i mean okay. yeah. i'm cool with unanswered and vague i would <laughs> rather they be vague than just oh whoops <laughs> we used to think this was really hard now it's super easy
2: well it's easy in that realm at least
1: well, I just are in idea. a different realm. I said before that this Alice seems to also fill the role of the Mad Hatter, and they reinforced that a little bit in this episode, actually, yeah. with her positioning at the tea party and things like that. The Mad Hatter that we know was a realm jumper. He was the first one that got that term. He used the hat, of course, but maybe there's a little something to that, just because of the way Wonderland works. And I would love it if that's actually what ends up being the thing. Like they met Alice. And Alice, being from Wonderland, has learned to make portals in some <laughs> weird way. And it would be really cool if that was how they're doing all of it.
0: There's a neat uh, book series that you could read. Just know that it takes place in the modern world. Not from Wonderland. When you read this. <laughs> but it's um, the, the gate. Uh, oh, I forget the name of it. But it's about this kid who can make gates, which are basically portals and uh realm jump essentially and it's kind of cool it took me a little while to get used to reading the book because it takes place <laughs> in the modern paper world pages and like... <laughs> well, it was actually an audiobook <laughs> but uh, because like they mentioned things like walmart and the internet and yet they're all magicians and mages and have special powers and all of this stuff so that took me a little getting used to
1: Surviving Walmart does take some special abilities, I think, in some cases.
0: Especially around the holidays right now. (laughs) It's uh, quite bizarre around there. And speaking of bizarre, (laughs) let's talk about the bizarre love triangle.
1: Is it a triangle? It is. I just, I I hate that term because.
0: Well, and and it's kind of like (laughs) there are a couple, well, not necessarily triangles, but, well, there is the triangle of Henry, Jacinda, and Nick, maybe. Which, that's the Catherine Nolan situation. <laughs> what we have here is a classic Catherine Nolan amazing. situation.
2: <laughs> Hashtag no one wants to be a Catherine. <laughs>
1: yeah, but Nick is the Catherine. They yeah. may not be in a curse relationship, but they have a curse history. And he's not
0: really Lucy's father. And the other bizarre love triangle going on is the creepy love triangle. Is that
1: a BLT? bizarre love triangle (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) that's true but we've got this creepy one going on with (laughs) drisella that's what the other realm has
1: not a dark one has a creepy one (laughs) (laughs) like
0: with with her whole thing of like oh you're so good at this henry have you ever thought about starting a podcast because i could just listen to your voice for hours and hours (laughs) and belfry could even be the sponsor if you know what i mean it's just like (laughs) dripping (laughs) with the creepiness
1: creepiness i well yes i think though there was a there was a little bit of a look i think that she's playing him and she's got her agenda but i think that a little of it is genuine
0: yeah because even if you look back at what happened in wonderland when she had him frozen She was a little bit coming on to him. Yeah, but creepy
1: sorceresses do that. That's true. I mean, she might actually be a little interested, like, legitimately.
0: Speaking of what creepy sorceresses and just villains do in general, (laughs) this spinoff has reversed a couple rules that we've previously had. First of all, Henry, you're not holding it right, dummy, was shooting vertical video. In the past, only the villains shot <laughs> vertical videos, but the heroes shot landscape videos like they should. This season, apparently, the heroes are doing the stupid way and holding it the stupid way hey. and making vertical video. Shut up for a moment. I'm <laughs> on a tangent. Don't interrupt.
1: He's monologuing, guys.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so, so Henry's doing vertical video. We'll probably see like one of the villains do horizontal video. The other thing is plunging necklines (laughs) in this season the heroes have had the plunging necklines and the villains have had the really high uh necklines (laughs) that is hilarious so they're completely reversing stuff
2: The plunging necklines comment, though, was Emma to Snow White during the Catherine Nolan situation. Yeah, but... Two teacups in the sink late nights, plunging necklines. (laughs) It was not hard to connect the dots. I love that scene.
0: And it was back in Once Upon a Time proper. Pretty much all the villains, including the guys, had plunging necklines. (laughs) Now it seems like all the heroes have plunging necklines. Right plunging so okay you can talk now jeremy Mm. (laughs) i'm finished with my monologue
1: i these are in no particular order but my first rebuttal to the stupid comment (laughs) is that it was for his own documentation which really he could have just done audio because he was writing a blog post second why bother recording horizontal video for a device that you're going to have to turn on its side? to view it if the intended destination is also a phone then just hold it vertically it's a new format for a new type of device for the modern era don't confuse the issue <laughs> 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 we're mostly going to get feedback about horizontal versus vertical video now
0: <laughs> but the time has come mm. said the walrus
2: why did you the walrus speak? many things
0: the restaurant where uh, jacinda and nick ate was Walrus and Company, and they were eating mm-hmm. oysters. Oh, I didn't, I didn't
2: think about even the oysters. notice that.
1: But Aaron, you're the Wonderland nerd.
2: I'm like your Wonderland consultant fail. Oh
1: uh, well, yeah, well, we hired the nerd, and and uh I don't know what to do with it now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that was for
2: once. That was for once Wonderland. Hopefully. I thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The same (laughs) principles apply. I thought, sure, you would have caught that one. Uh, Did you catch other Wonderland references? I don't know.
2: Now I feel like a failure.
1: You're not a failure. You were just, uh, you were cursed. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there was another one, and now I will have to recall that as we discuss whatever chogs my memory. Well, with this new love
0: triangle going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as bizarre as it may seem. Uh, I'm sure it's not going to go on for very long. Nick. Well, Nick is the giant slayer. Nick is Jack. And this time Jack is a guy instead of a girl. And this time. New Jack. We only yeah.
1: reuse characters. But New
0: Jack is a good guy, apparently.
1: New Jack's way cooler than old Jack.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he did meet Lucy. So I do imagine we will see like a father. Triangle? Like, do you think she's going to be torn if she ends up liking Jack or Nick or?
0: (laughs) Well, it, it seems like from what happened in Hyperion Heights that Lucy was saying, He's not my dad. You are. And I feel like she's very detached from him. Now, how long will he be in the show? I have no idea. But once they start something like a love triangle and that's Henry's inspiration for leaving, you know they're going to push it a little further as well while henry is in san francisco which we'll talk more about san francisco later
1: Uh, i was just going to predict that next episode we won't even see hyperion heights
0: oh that could be interesting
2: that would be awesome
1: so your little retitling is probably not going
0: to work next week (laughs) once upon a time in san francisco
1: and for newer (laughs) listeners i will remind everyone that when we say no spoilers that includes the commercial for next week so when yeah. we say things that sound ignorant to you, spoiled people watching commercials. Goodness. That's why. <laughs> Operation Food Truck.
0: What do you think of that?
1: <laughs> I think it's very Henry.
0: Yeah. Yep. And that was actually, you barely saw it maybe, but uh, that was what uh, then Cinderella or uh, uh, Jacinda wrote on the tape, the mixtape that she made for Henry was Operation Food Truck.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice.
2: (laughs) I'm glad that she recognized it because a lot of times in TV, you see the guy do the nice thing or the girl do the nice thing. And then they know that something nice has been done for them, but they don't necessarily know who did it. And so it's nice that she recognized it like she was going to thank him. I'm seeing a lot more chemistry between them, I feel.
1: Yes. It was at first I was kind of like, I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing them together, (laughs) even.
0: And I don't think Nick is really going to be all that much of an interference. He might be in the next episode and that be done. Like, maybe Nick and Jacinda will have some kind of big fight and he'll leave. Jacinda will call Henry and be like, I'm sorry, I, I never really liked that guy anyway. The problem is Regina is trying to keep them apart
1: and... I didn't think Jacinda seemed entirely uninterested in new Nick.
0: Yeah, true. Because he is so cool and successful.
1: (laughs) It was a surprise to her, too. She said that a little too dreamily since she was talking to Henry.
2: (laughs) And Nick kept saying, we'll get her back. Like, he kept saying we. And I get that he was helping, and so that makes it a we. But he's not getting her back into his life, in theory, like he's helping Jacinda get her back. Right. So. Well,
0: when you finally move out of your parents' basement, you feel like you could take on the world and win the girl and all that amazing stuff. And apparently that's what happened (laughs) with Nick. Graduated (laughs) law school and wants the girl back again.
1: Maybe. Wouldn't it be a funny twist if he already has a girlfriend?
0: Oh, then we'd have... (laughs) I don't know what shape we call that. It's just a whole bunch of love triangles overlapping.
1: Love quadrangle. That's very lost, too. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, side note, or maybe I should say sidebar. Did it not seem like a conflict of interest to have the lawyer be the father of the child in question?
2: I think lawyers can have conflicts of interest with their clients.
1: Well, I was thinking that might be the case, but well, I don't yeah, really if, know
0: if they if they're defending their own client. Sure. Why not? But it seems risky to me hmm. to
1: have the one arguing that the mother is able to ha- take custody is the father who hasn't been around for 10 years.
2: Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to come into play, but If he never signed over his parental rights, then he has more of a right to Lucy than Jacinda does. You have to have your parental rights terminated before they can take away your child, or at least there would have to be some type of a hearing to determine if he's competent. So I just wonder if that's going to come into play, too, because he's clearly like the poster child for good parenting with his law school degree and his steady job and his not living in his parents' basement. They
1: don't know about the three dogs he let die.
0: <laughs> and we don't know what kind of language he used when talking to the judge. Yeah, like, he we, could have been swearing my at My client storm. and I will take care of Lucy. But he did say to Jacinda that her, um, I forget the exact word that he used, but basically her sincerity, her emotion, her heart convinced the judge. And that's why she got Uh, custody back the judge could really see yes this woman truly cares for her daughter
1: they really glossed over that part it's a good thing i don't really care (laughs) rant averted
2: i ranted about it last week so my rant from last week still stands
1: about glossing over the legal case
2: (laughs) just about the fact that there's a case in the first place because i just really hate when social services is painted as Oh. these people that like swoop in and take kids out of loving homes. Oh yeah. Got gotcha. no reason.
0: Which they don't really do.
2: At least she was apologetic. No. I mean, and I'm also coming at it from a Canadian perspective, but yeah, I, like social services tries their best to place the child with a family member if they cannot be placed with their current caregiver so they wouldn't rip yeah. her away and put her in a group home. She
1: probably didn't really need a lawyer. <laughs> but, you know, convenient.
0: Now we have yeah. Nick Jack.
2: Yeah, they had to they had to get him in somehow.
0: So moving away from the bizarre love triangles to the new wonderland,
1: aka the bizarre world. <laughs> yeah. Now <sighs> Is it the same Wonderland or is there like another Wonderland?
2: That's what I, there were a lot of inconsistencies that I noted. Like when Alice was in the maze in once Wonderland, she shrunk herself in the maze to fit into Cyrus's bottle to escape the guards. So unless she was already small and she's making herself even smaller, the whole having to be small to get into the maze isn't consistent. And then the... The Jabberwock comment. I mean, they didn't say Jabberwocky. Is that but are those they, things
1: different? That was the other thing I wanted to ask you.
2: There in the book, there's just the Jabberwocky, as far as I recall. It's been a while since I've read it again, but it they referred to it as an it, which would be more true to the proper Wonderland book because it was a creature, not not a. Well, if that woman was a creature, wasn't was a woman?
0: I wonder if it could be something like Jabberwocky is a species, sort of. So when you refer to one of them, they are a Jabberwock.
2: Which is fine, except in Once Wonderland, she was definitely called the the Jabberwocky. Yeah.
1: But well, what if that's like, just like, what if she was in our world and they just called her the dragon? no no reference intended because we haven't
0: actually seen her in her true form huh oh that's true
1: now in the poem i'm thinking i could swear i've heard the poem said with just jabberwock
0: (laughs) yeah it is in there they say and as an oofish thought he stood the jabberwock with eyes of flame came waffling through the tolgi wood and blurbed as it came Blurbold, like you do, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so the poem
2: is called Jabberwocky, but the creature named is referred to as the Jabberwock.
1: I guess I've always thought they were interchangeable, but it could be that it was just her. They definitely made it seem like that was her title and hers alone in the show, mm-hmm. but that could have been. It could be argued that was our misunderstanding, but of course we all know they think nobody watched it. So,
2: well, they've. In this episode, recycled a few things from it, but done a little bit differently, like the lockets that glow. Yeah, Cyrus yeah, I see that. Cyrus and Alice had lockets that glowed when they were near.
0: And, and also, that's very similar to the magic that Snow and Charming had. Well, not separate lockets, actually, but remember, Rumple enchanted that uh, necklace or thing. It was a for, ring, right? Yeah, that's right. The ring, the ring for charming. And so it would glow as he got closer to snow, but it wasn't two things that were enchanted.
1: It's before locator spells were all the rage. <laughs> yeah. Along with portals.
0: Yeah. A locating portal spell would be the new big thing. It'd be like dropping a portal mirror on someone. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty cool. Alice thinks with portals.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, do they always, every time Wonderland comes up, somebody says, I hate this place or I hate Wonderland. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, it would have been so great if they landed in that gooey marshmallow thing. <laughs> I was hoping for that because I still remember the Knave saying like, because a river made of dessert pastries is makes perfect sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch that whole thing again. Mm-hmm.
0: I, You know, talking about how many people watched it, I kind of have to wonder, because uh, Once Upon a Time ratings are going down and down and down. And this one, I feel like I read this every time for every episode. This episode had the lowest ratings of the entire series.
1: Yeah, it's on Friday nights, (laughs) and now it's the holidays.
0: And this episode, though, was the second episode aired on the same night, so it's possible that a lot of people felt like, uh... I don't want to stay for a second hour. I'll just catch the replay later. But um, I kind kind of wonder if the ratings for this are maybe below what the ratings were for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I would guess that maybe they are.
2: Well, Wonderland was in a death time slot as well. It was Thursday nights at 8. And the only show that they've managed to keep going at that time is Grey's Anatomy that they've switched there because it already had such a fan base. But now I'm even wondering like when we used to get the huge three month hiatus in the middle of the winter, that was because of football and award shows on Sunday nights. And now I'm wondering if we're even gonna have that break. Like they could bring the show back in January. It's not gonna affect it. There's nothing else happening.
0: Well they uh well, it's production schedule still. They have to catch up and record more episodes. Oh, I guess. Um, so they need that break to be able to do the catch-up as well as uh, something else is airing at the same time slot oh, okay. during the break. Not- really? Because yeah.
2: Grim was in this time slot for six years and arguably did well. It was a good mm-hmm. show. And it always started in January. Hmm. Interesting. Like it, it was a different schedule.
1: Yeah. Well, we live in a day when the most talked about TV shows are released all at once on netflix or another streaming service (laughs) it's really strange to me to hear people talking about what day and time a show is on except for once upon a time most of my favorite shows typically i do not know when they air i I I don't even have any idea because i just watch them online
0: yeah we like the podcast model where you don't have to be there to watch it live although we do still record the podcast live on mondays after a tv show 7 p.m over at uh, com slash live that's 7 p.m eastern Uh, But you don't have to show up for it live. People do to participate in the chat room and provide some feedback as we're Mm -hmm. recording. But the beauty of podcasts is you can subscribe and it downloads automatically when a new episode is available. It'd be great if TV was like that. And of course, yes, you can buy the episodes. Like, that's how we purchase the episodes. And I think how maybe all of us or most of us, some of us, at least me, watches (laughs) the episodes uh, is through our purchasing them from itunes so since i'm not able to watch it on friday night the new episode just downloads automatically i have it available the next day
1: well here's how bad it is i a once upon a time podcaster have missed once upon a time on a night when i was available because i forgot it was on (laughs) that's how i mean it's not just the death time slot when everybody's busy but it's been on sunday nights for six years
2: and now it's Friday night. And yeah. it's just not... And I never missed it on Sundays, ever. Yeah. I watched it live mm-hmm. every single time it was on. Except Thanksgiving weekend, because they did not take it off <laughs> in Canada.
0: Yeah, right. Can- Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, that is. <laughs> right. uh, and even like here in the U.S., I think Friday nights are very popular for family nights. So that might be contributing mm-hmm. to the downward spiral of the ratings. But... Let's talk about Star Wars. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got two Star Wars references in this episode. One was with Jack that Henry apparently said uh, something about Star Wars. And it was a kind of weird dialogue to begin with. He was saying, you need to show me that Star Wars thing. And Henry said, well, I mean, the Empire Strikes Back.
1: Why? I didn't understand the clarification.
0: Yeah. Right. Why be specific I... like that? What? There, well, th- there it... must have been something they cut out.
2: Well, he quoted hmm. something, right? Like he did a quote from Star Wars?
0: No, I think he just said something like, um, I want to watch that Star Wars you've been telling me about.
2: Oh, see, I took it yeah. as when he said, you slimy whatever, oh. when he saw him, that that was some direct quote from N-
0: Star Nerf Herder was not even mentioned, so it wasn't <laughs> okay. from Star Wars. And that wasn't even the Empire Strikes Back, or wait, wait. that was the Empire Strikes Back, the scruffy little Nerf Herder.
1: But yes, I mean, it's...
0: Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it was a quote from The Empire Strikes Back.
1: I don't know. It's like if he said, I need to watch one of those TV shows you've been telling me about. And he's like, actually, it's Once Upon a Time. Like, well, you you weren't wrong. I don't know why it was a correction. But <laughs> yeah.
0: but so there's a Star Wars reference there. The other Star Wars re- reference was the backpack in Wonderland at the tea party table. Whose backpack is that?
1: Luke Skywalker's.
0: Huh. <laughs> It couldn't be Alice's because Alice, as far as we know, Alice has never gone to the present day world, the land without magic, where there would be Star Wars. Our world. Yeah, our world. (laughs) Uh, And... A land with Star Wars. It doesn't seem like it's Ella's mother, although it could be Ella's mother. There could be a whole lot more to that story. It's... When Ella looked at the backpack, that wasn't the moment when she was like, oh, my mother's been here. The moment that she felt that was when she saw the locket. If she recognized the backpack as her mother's, seems like she would have said something about it then, yeah. but it, it wouldn't even really make sense that, um, Cecilia right. Jacinda's or Cinderella's mother would have any association with star Wars.
2: I do just want to say... What a sentence
0: that was. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context.
2: <laughs> it's Alice, Alice in Wonderland and other places. Mm. <laughs> so she's probably the most... Like Alice from the original, the real Wonderland books was from actual London versus mm. the Alice from once Wonderland who was from fictional London. <laughs> so she could have um, spent some time there. If she was jumping around to and other places and gotten a Star Wars backpack, I would
1: almost rather that they just decided that the uh, that the off wasn't canon or something. I would hate <laughs> it, but I would also just almost prefer it because at this point, they did the weird thing with Will temporarily in Once Proper, Will Scarlet. Yeah, like the they alluded to ruining the end of wonderland and they also I just I can't reconcile there being two or more alices running around the same wonderland like oh you know the white queen well so do I why does she know so many alices like
0: whatever it's a different wonderland we I don't like that either it's like there's wonderland of the north
1: that Jeremy likes
0: (laughs) there's wonderland of the north and wonderland of the south because every place has has a north we learned that well where's the
1: wonderland of our world
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's this one where they air Star Wars. Yes.
1: Maybe we are Wonderland.
0: But one thought was that maybe uh maybe there's a connection with Wonderland and Jack and our world. In some way, like maybe Jack is supposed to be some Star Wars like character, maybe not. No. It's it's just a weird thing to see there at the table. Again, maybe stuff was cut out and, and Maybe we'll see the tea party. Maybe maybe Darth Vader was at the tea party. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But when when Alice was talking about Cecilia having been killed by the Jabberwock, and she had the same poisoned heart as Hook has, do you Mm. really believe that her mother was killed? Sure. No. Why? You calling Alice (laughs) a liar?
2: I feel (laughs) that that dialogue was a little too... It wasn't even like Alice. It was, it felt very rehearsed and very just, she fought valiantly. Like all the things you would want to hear about your dead mother, right? Like she fought <laughs> strong, whatever. I don't know. It just, I don't, I don't know. Uh,
1: mm, I mean, she died at a tea party, so. <laughs> like
2: That doesn't even look like there was any. Bloodshed. Yeah. Or tea shed. it
1: it was strange it's wonderland i want to see the tea party let's start a chant and just record it until they give it to us
2: apparently there's like a american historical novelist named cecilia that does a lot of like fairy tale rewrites or something Uh,
1: so they're giving us a nod to where they're ripping off work from
2: i i don't know (laughs) Uh, so okay
1: okay okay the poisoned heart curse I am so stinking confused about the poisoned heart thing. It seems to me that the person with the poisoned heart is the one who gets hurt when they get touched. But everything they said about Cecilia, she left so she wouldn't hurt her family, but she's the one with the poisoned heart. It seems to me she left so she wouldn't get hurt. And who gets the mark? Do, like, does Hook, do Hook and Alice now both have the mark or does only, no, because Alice doesn't. She said her father had it. Oh, wait, I'm getting super confused. Cinderella's yeah. Cinderella said her father had it.
2: Yeah, so I think his heart whoa wait.
1: Exactly. It doesn't work. Whatever they've done with this curse, as they've explained it so far, it does not work. I can't tell who's cursed. I can't tell if it's Alice or Hook. Because Alice got the mark after she touched Hook. But Hook's got the what? poisoned heart. Mark.
2: Well and she on said she was oh. cured.
1: Well, she thought she was cured. She's she, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she would be she the one that would have
2: to be cured.
1: Sometimes they said, We're cured, but she was the one who met Drizella. But, so she said she was cured, but then she touched Hook. Hook's heart was the one that glowed. She got the mark. Don't,
0: don't forget, though, Drizella <laughs> lies. Well, so Drizella could yeah. have been like, Oh, your heart is poisoned. I can fix your heart. And then just that's a complete lie. It wasn't Uh-oh. Alice's heart that was poisoned.
1: I mean, now, that could be, but then so if cinderella's father had the mark and alice had the mark that would imply that cecilia was the one with the poisoned heart which means that she was running away not really to protect them i mean it's six of one half dozen of the other but she wasn't afraid in any way that she was going to accidentally hurt them they might accidentally hurt her but she might risk that and just be like yeah don't touch me i'm here for you but no hugs like so i'm really confused
0: about how the whole thing works it unfortunately it may be sloppy writing And
1: you can tell that it is because I started ranting without even meaning to.
2: (laughs) Well, Hook specifically said in the episode where old Hook and new Hook or Wish Hook and real Hook were together, Wish Hook said that his heart was poisoned. Oh, you're right. He Hmm. did.
1: Which I thought meant that he would not be able to find her. Which is also what I thought. Go near her.
0: Yeah this whole poisoned heart thing also reminds me of the tv series smallville where um sorry i have to spoil it but it's been off the air long enough now it's spoilable but there's a point where clark kent superman sorry spoiler for Oh my that. gosh i never even
1: <laughs> saw the connection between the two
0: yeah. <laughs> he puts on his glasses and you have no idea it's <laughs> actually superman but anyway um there's a point where clark kent and his high school love interest lana (laughs) lana yeah (laughs) once upon a time but but, uh (laughs) lana is poisoned with kryptonite and as you know with superman is he can't get near kryptonite he's basically allergic to the stuff on our world and so he is he can't be near her because if he's near lana then he's being poisoned by the kryptonite that courses through her veins. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. like what's going on. And it's even green, too. That's kind of what's going on here with Hook's poisoned heart. Hook's heart has been turned into kryptonite. It's been kryptonited. Or kryptonized. Crypt-
1: mm. Crypto- yep. Done with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you covered that. Yeah. But his Mm. But it's like activated. It's his kryptonite and it's activated by apparently only people that he loves can it be can he then come to a point where he can't be near other people if he starts to love somebody else which should make him a much colder person than it does yeah i'm having a real hard time with the and and it's almost as if this is one of the first things it's almost as if they when they first said that his heart was cursed they didn't even know what they were going to do with it because making it sound like it kept him from finding her well, turns out she was locked in a tower and he didn't know how to get her out. He was really concerned when he heard that the t- tower had crumbled. Mm-hmm. You tell me she grew up in that tower alone? <laughs> yeah. And she's, I mean, she's a little weird. And apparently
0: that's where Hook got fat because she didn't recognize Hook in his younger, thin, right, uh, devilishly handsome <laughs> form.
1: Well, she's been gone a while because she's been to Wonderland and other places. So yeah. she got out a while ago. Did she destroy the tower to get out? See, I think there are a lot more stories for us to hear, and that's great. And hopefully the curse will be clarified at this point. I almost don't mind if they do a little retconning on that curse because it's not working.
2: Well, I mean, you could see how much it was hurting Alice to see that she was hurting Hook. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's still torturous because it's like, it's almost like a separation curse where the person doesn't even have to work at it. It's just they have to stay separate from each other.
0: Right. And that seen alice's best moment on the show so far just when she said papa that like my heart just melted when she said that and she went from you know looking like this kind of crazy uh woman that's from all of these places to suddenly like the precious princess daughter and you know papa just heart melt
1: most of the crazy seems to be her hyperion heights yeah personality because it's bleeding
0: through nice And, and something with the poisoned heart too melanie sent this feedback saying what's up with heart poisoning spells is this the problem wish realm hook wanted emma to solve in episode 702 and was Drizella able to poison henry's heart at another time since it obviously didn't happen in this episode how could she do that if his heart is protected Is this the bad thing that will happen if the curse breaks? Wish Realm Hook seemed to be okay after he and Alice hugged. Is kissing more powerful and therefore the reaction is stronger? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks, Melanie.
1: Well, so this is where we kind of go a couple different possible directions. Regina's face when she remembered what was done was total defeat. Not just... Which I would think that if it was something like a protection coming off of Henry and making him vulnerable, I feel like she'd be like, yeah, well, we're still going to break the curse and we're going to stop you from that too. But this was like, curse breaks instantly. Bad things happen. And they've made it, they've said it in the plural. The people that she loves would be affected. So my hope based on the dialogue and her face is that it's not something overly simplistic. My fear is that if they didn't actually know what they were going to write when they wrote it, or if <laughs> they didn't give enough information to Lana or the director about what the nature of it was, that that moment was overdone hmm. because it was less dire than the dialogue indicated. But, but even the whole plot, I mean, I don't think, like I said, I don't think Regina would work so hard to keep them apart if it was just that it was going to make him more vulnerable. If she thought there she could still protect him, then she would just be like, "Yeah, break the curse, be together."
0: And also throw into this mix, Rumple slash Weaver. And in the episode before this one, we saw that he is keeping Hook away from uh, his true daughter. And maybe that's because Rumple is also trying to protect Hook from harm, because maybe Hook never got this poisoned heart solved.
1: Is he trying? Oh, <laughs> is he trying to keep them apart?
0: Yeah. Because in the last episode, Rumpel did basically say to Wish Hook, I'm doing this for your protection.
1: But he also said Eloise Gardner is not the one you're looking for. And she wasn't. Yeah. Since they seem to have assigned that name to Gothel. (laughs) At least for now. For now.
2: That's what I was not clear on last week either. So... I, with, that's a whole other thing. But. And,
0: and what could also be happening is maybe like a perception sort of thing going on. <laughs> a curse within a curse. Yes, because we we don't really see things lining up just yet. Like if Regina is so worried about Henry, like you're saying, well, is Henry's heart really cursed, or is maybe? Regina still cursed with a fake memory. This feedback came from Keeper of Squid Ink. She said, I think in Drizella's twisted mind, she loves Regina for teaching her how to use magic when no one else would embrace her abilities. I agree with Aaron. The price of the unbreakable dark curse is you lose your memories and you die. I think the short-term story is Ivy has tricked Regina into thinking that if Henry uses true love's kiss on Jacinda, he will die. Or by extension, my comment here, Till this weird heart, you know, kryptonite thing happens. Keeper of Squid Ink continues with saying, I hope the true nature of the Unbreakable Dark Curse will be this. Regina will be put into the position where she needs Henry and or everyone else to remember who they are in Hyperion Heights. In order to restore their memories, she will find out she will need to sacrifice the thing she loves most, which are the memories of her son in her time in Storybrooke. When she begins to forget but still remembers the pain... Her heart will be broken and crushed. I think this is Drizella slash Ivy's twisted revenge on Regina. And within this, I think is also this idea that maybe Drizella is still tricking everybody who's waking up. Like with this whole thing with Rumple, even, and we'll talk more about him in a little bit. But like, why is Rumple faking it? And we'll talk about that later. So never, never mind that point. But that is kind of relevant to this. Is maybe is this a multi-layered curse where only one level of the curse is partially broken for some people but then there's this other deeper level that really there is no danger in breaking the curse i have a multi-layered crackpot theory oh no. if I you want to you
1: go through <laughs> maybe what regina remembered is that henry died and this is wish henry who knows that oh, she no, no, killed no, 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 no his grandparents no no
0: no 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 no, no. Oh,
2: that's i right. mean that's she possible him, but i don't like it but he's turned
1: into a revenge-filled person who hates her but he's the only henry she's got left oh. and as long as they're in the curse he's at least somewhat happy
0: that makes so much sense i don't want it to be true though <laughs> it would be a really bad
1: move honestly <laughs> but it's possible there's still stuff happening in the flashbacks that we didn't even see coming so because we had we had some sort of Killian, a.k.a. Wish Hook, looking for his daughter in the past and looking for his daughter in the present. We just assumed he's never found her. But he found her yeah. in the flashbacks. We just didn't know it. Or she found him, really. Mm-hmm. Which... And, and they found Wonderland.
0: Yes. A little Taylor Swift reference. Oh, memory. goodness sakes.
1: Um, <laughs> I, so, as much as I call it a crackpot theory, it's not entirely impossible for these people and it's <laughs> they're still people. ignoring the fact that they've made the Wish Realm entirely real, apparently having been created in the past so that it has a whole real history. And that was the Charmings. And our Regina crushed their hearts. If, if they, they're ignoring if, that. And it's weird. Yeah. And it almost feels like they're either just
0: that ridiculous or that's going to be a central piece. I, I really would not be able to stand it. i mean i would still watch the show but (laughs) i I would hate it if they show us a bait and switch again with another character that oh that's not really the henry you've thought it was
1: well part of it is the flashbacks are till we see him die
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about the curse within a curse and it made me think of I think it was Neverland, but I can't remember. So you guys have to remind me. Who was it who like got poisoned and but they were safe and, until they left? Like was it Hook's brother or something?
0: Yeah, that was Hook's or brother. Charming. And it also happened to Charming, but Okay. Charming they figured out a solution.
2: So it was leaving because then time was moving or how did that work? I don't know. Yeah. But it was like if they left that place, right, that he would die because the poison would start to take effect.
1: I think that is accurate. Yeah. So what I was... Th- it made sense at the time.
2: What I was thinking is what if Henry is cursed somehow, but because they're in a land without magic, the curse can't actually... Like if he has a poison heart, the heart can't actually poison him because they're in a land without magic. So you're saying his
0: untold story won't play out. Oh, wait, we're on season. Sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would just found it very peculiar that Regina said that they can't go to Storybrooke and they cannot know that they're here. Yeah, And I'm wondering if that's because there is magic in Storybrooke Mm. because gold brought magic to Storybrooke way back in season two one slash two and so they can't go anywhere where there's magic and there's like magical things in Seattle but there is not actually it is a land without magic they've said that so what if it just has something to do with if they break the curse and have magic again that that's gonna I don't know I feel like Henry's gonna die like (laughs) that's because that's what Regina that's what Regina said. Like, that's what her face said when she remembered. Oh, no.
0: I think I know what's on Jeremy's mind.
2: Henry, Ella and Lucy, because those would be the people that Regina loves. Like if they're all her family.
1: Maybe a concept like someone having one last breath.
0: I knew it. Do you think maybe Henry is Anastasia? Anastasia.
1: No, but I think that they've already introduced the concept with Anastasia.
0: Yeah. So if they're
1: frozen in some way and he's got one breath left. Or a lot of them do, and they're just kind of living that way until the curse breaks.
0: Mm. This is
2: stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just like love. Just like vertical video. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote from today's episode. I didn't just. I oh, from hate Drunk love. Henry? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Why do we even fall in love anyway? It's stupid. But, a loss of waste of time.
0: You know who isn't stupid or a waste of time? It's our wonderful heroes for this podcast and for this episode specifically. So I'd love to thank our wonderful, not stupid, not waste of time heroes, Lisa Slack, Lisa R., Greg Shope, and we've got a couple new heroes. Chena Cohen. And Patty Bagadian, and if I'm, I'm mispronouncing your names, please email me and let us know the p- proper pronunciation. But thank you very much for your kind support of the podcast. It helps the podcast keep running, and especially as we're coming close to a long winter hiatus, the expenses for the podcast are still there. So we appreciate your continued support. And you can be a not-stupid-and-not-useless, not-waste-of-time hero by going over to onespodcast.com slash <laughs> Hero. Thank you, Lisa, Lisa, Greg, Chana, and Patty for your kind support and our 22 heroes on Patreon. We couldn't do this without you. That's over at onespodcast.com slash hero. Thank you for your support.
2: Speaking of heroes, the banter between Regina and Gold. <laughs> <laughs> was not as good as i was expecting yeah. it was really funny on her end
1: that's because he wasn't
0: playing but because along he was
2: pretending yeah <laughs> it was not working
0: and, and speaking of stupid also bringing this into relevance <laughs> how stupid now i actually did sound in the last episode of the podcast because i had not watched pretty in blue yet i'd only watched eloise gardner before we recorded our podcast episode. And that's why I said at the beginning, I may say some things that'll sound stupid because probably everyone else has seen the next episode. I hadn't. So in (laughs) our last discussion, I said something about looking so forward to that Regina and Rumpel discussion and how they're going to be buddy buddies and partners and all of this stuff (laughs) and not (laughs) delivered.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
2: But they tried. Like, I mean, it was funny from... (laughs) like listening to regina try to do the evil queen stuff right and then him just being like who's bell i'm sorry what <laughs> she's like you're always awake <laughs> <laughs> that was so good
0: so you think he's totally still playing it right i'm like he is he is awake but he for well, some he reason doesn't work no yeah
2: how can he not be awake and have his dagger well i don't know
0: It could be a kind of dream, dream dream-like state where he's kind of like, huh, I think I remember this, this dagger thing that's important. And so he goes and finds it in evidence and he's looking at like, in evidence, this is, this is somehow (laughs) important, I think. Used a few million murders. So like, is he completely awake? If he's not completely awake, this could support the idea of a curse within a curse. Or he's sleepwalking.
2: Yeah. He or, had a smirk when he walked away from her. He's awake.
0: Well, and and when he, she said "Bell," the camera it was, like was out of focus heart. on him a little bit, but you could see there was a little bit of yeah, like a knife to the heart kind of thing in his face. A dagger, a if you will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but maybe uh, maybe Alice has the dagger, just like in her not gold shop lair.
0: Well, no, the dagger is in evidence.
1: It is. Yeah. Wait, that, how that was I'm so in.
0: In the last episode, when Hook came into evidence to show, like, here's this crayon drawing that's not the actual one from the book, that yes. whole thing that happened in the last episode, that scene started showing Rumple in evidence with the box open, holding the dark, dark one dagger. Maybe
1: I'm just so used to seeing him hold it that I didn't even think about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I missed it at first, too. I missed it on first watch. I said that last week. And then... so. It, Probably our heads were writing something from the scene before.
1: Well, I think it should be in Tilly's lair.
0: And, and, you know, what (laughs) if even what if the dagger was calling to him and he's hearing these voices in his head and he's like, either I'm a Cylon or there's something calling to me uh, from the darkness and he finds it and he's like, why? Why are these voices in my head long louder when I'm here near this dagger? I, I, I mean, we see back and forth sort of things with him he's he doesn't seem to have a good reason to not partner with regina
1: unless <laughs> it okay so he's he's pretty much reformed he's lived a, another lifetime yeah as a good guy as a hero yeah but if he's one of these cursed people poison heart people whatever if it has something to do with who he loves maybe he's using the darkness to keep from loving anyone so he doesn't hurt them especially now that he's awake I don't know. It's it's a stretch. It's possibly more cracked potty than the other theory, but I can't figure out... I mean, he does have a reason if he thinks he's always got another angle on something, but okay. even if he's not being nefarious and selfish, he's probably trying to protect everybody.
0: And in our chat, Palace486 used the word forced. He's been forced awake. I wonder... Uh, you know, the force awakens. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if... If he was awoken too soon, and that's Uh, why, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and that's why. What on Taiwan? He's not coming out in full (laughs) Rumpelstiltskin power. Uh, well,
1: there's no magic there. Yeah. So, which actually kind of defeats a lot of these other well, there's
0: very little magic. (laughs) Magic is, shall we say, unpredictable here.
2: (laughs) And. Regina did say you're always awake, but he was not awake until Emma showed up in Storybrooke. She should have said Emma's name, but she probably didn't even know that that's how he woke up in Storybrooke. Well, yeah. And we don't know that when that scene happened, I mean, that was the pilot, when he said, Emma, what a lovely name. It wasn't like, Emma, pause, so he could remember every single thing that he'd forgotten when he was cursed.
0: It just woke him up. Or he, yeah, yeah. I think he is fully awake, but for some reason, he is not going along. And maybe that's part of the manipulation: is that he knows in order to defeat whatever evil there is here, he has to let Regina do it on her own. He can't. He can't help.
1: Maybe I. I it might be kind of a deep cover to make a cop <laughs> sort of reference because Regina's not doing. A 100% accurate Ronnie imitation, which, like I said before, is a lot of credit to Lana Puria for being able to (laughs) not just play so many different personalities, but play one trying to pretend to be the other some of the
0: time. Yeah. Gareth uh, sent in this feedback saying, um, it is possible that he is only partially awake, like Tilly off her medication or Victoria, who only seems to remember parts of the past Rumpel's twisted memories, considering how this curse seems to twist and distort rather than completely destroy memories, might lead him to conclude that Regina is his enemy. The other possibility is that Rumpel also does not want the curse to be broken, possibly because he knows about the failsafe, but more likely for his own reasons. I think Regina is right that it has to do with the Guardian. I think Regina's comment about the Guardian gives us pretty clear evidence that she is not the Guardian. The Guardian could be Henry. Henry. We heard his motorcycle in the background when Rumpel first appeared in New Enchanted Forest. If that is the case, then Rumpel might not want the curse broken because of what it will do to Henry. Another option is that the Guardian is Anastasia, who has been noted to have a once upon a time superlative pure heart. Perhaps he wants (laughs) Gothel and Drazilla to continue doing what they are doing so that she can be revived. Thus, he would not help Regina who's working against them. Whoa.
2: Have we seen any interaction between Weaver and Ivy? No. Just thought I'd mention it.
1: (laughs) Maybe not. The thing is, it it still doesn't quite make sense for him to play dumb, even when he was obviously playing dumb. and Because unless, it could be really simple, Drizella might have cameras and microphones everywhere, and he might know that. Yeah. Because maybe Victoria had him put him in. So, yeah, he might be playing dumb for that reason. But it also wouldn't make sense if if he had something that was in everybody's best interest. It still doesn't make sense for him to not just tell Regina, stop trying to stop them from this part of it because this still needs to happen.
0: But look at what his dumbness inspired (laughs) Regina to do. (laughs) She's going to San Francisco to get someone... To bring to Hyperion Heights, and maybe that's the thing is Rumple wanted to push her toward that, and his plain dumb.
1: Why not just suggest it though? Well, if they're working together,
0: because the, whoever it is in San Francisco hates Regina with every fiber of who is it? Her being. Who is it? Who is it?
2: No. Oh, she said their being.
0: Oh, did she say there? I thought she said her. Oh.
2: I listened so hard for for a gender specific pronoun and i believe she said their being
1: (laughs) which side note i believe when the guardian was spoken about by rumpelstiltskin he did say she was waiting
2: oh yeah they or somebody said that
1: i could be wrong about that but uh (laughs) he said it to gideon if he said it at all maybe he said they but he said i think he said even if she doesn't know it yet
2: so the Charmed Ones live in San Francisco. <laughs>
0: Charmed Ones?
2: What? Who? <laughs> Nothing. It's just from the TV show Charmed, oh, which I reference goodness. all the time.
1: <laughs> oh my the, goodness. My
2: first thought was that it was Zelina yeah. and that she somehow came later, but she, Zelina doesn't hate Regina anymore.
1: I can't think of anyone who mm-hmm. hates Regina who would have gotten <laughs> caught up in... Like, you know, she was Queen of Storybrooke last we saw, but it has to be someone who ended up in another realm (laughs) or was already there it may be someone who hates her for a reason we haven't seen yet which would be a little disappointing since that was clearly theory fodder but i can't think of anybody else who still hates her except maybe the anti-theory wished henry (laughs) but that doesn't make any sense either Like, oh, look, it's a Henry Mills twin. Uh, Get out of Hyperion Heights. Mm -hmm. Go to San Francisco.
0: I have a feeling it's going to be Zelina. And he'd have to be awake. Because they've come in and out of like with each other. (laughs) And the only person who I could say at any point, like, that emotion hates Regina with every fiber of their being. And yes, I just checked the subtitles. It does say there, not her. Uh, I guess that was my mind thinking Zelina and filling in uh, her. But, yeah. Um, it does. It, it seems like the only person that we know of who fits that could only ever be Zelina. But, and so they'd have to explain why the hate again.
1: It could but be Wish Realm they Zelina. Were just <laughs> singing together, you know, like years <laughs> ago. But it, you know.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> villains cast their curses. There's no way we could fall. True. <laughs> They sing together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't be them. Uh, yeah.
2: Who else hates Regina? I mean, it sounds you know like we're trying to think really hard. She was the evil queen and killed a whole bunch of people.
1: Well, yeah, there's that. But it has to be somebody magical. Mm-hmm.
2: That could help.
1: I would think they're not awake, though. They were forced out of Hyperion Heights, and she knows
0: it. Well, And the whole thing with being forced out of Hyperion Heights tells me that there's a longer history there in Hyperion Heights than maybe we've been led to believe. Like, what if the curse didn't even—or maybe it is this multiple curses thing. There was one curse that brought them all to Hyperion Heights, and then while in Hyperion Heights, there was some kind of battle. And (laughs) I say it that way because Zelina was maybe involved— And a second curse was enacted, and something about that was what drove Zelina out of Hyperion Heights, and that might have happened years ago.
2: That would work with Lady Tremaine being awake, air quote, but not totally awake. awake. Yeah. Awake-ish.
0: Maybe she's only awake from the Hyperion Heights curse, but not the New Enchanted Forest curse.
1: I just realized a very probable explanation, though. This person hates Ronnie with every fiber of their being. Uh, yeah. not regina maybe so maybe it's Elena that hates her aunt. it could still be it could be <laughs> yeah. anybody if it's because they're cursed
0: yeah
2: that's true because yeah this person wouldn't know that they're cursed yet right so but maybe then how is regina them? gonna convince them right no telling maybe she grabbed some of the cake that who knows what was in that cake?: What the heck
1: with the cake?: right? The cake
0: is a lie, that's for okay. sure.: <laughs> I don't
1: like to within the podcast reference our notes, but I do find it funny that out of the three of us, I'm the only one who didn't write an all caps note about the cake.:
2: <laughs> Why did you not write an all note? I don't note know. About apparently I didn't find the cake that
1: exciting, but it, uh, it did look delicious. that I thought that cake was a reference to Wonderland. That's what it was.
2: There there was cookies and cakes in Wonderland. Yes. However, we didn't get to know whether the cake was exciting because Regina put it in the garbage. But what might have happened if Hook had I it?
1: think Rogers would have become a giant, which would have seemed very out of place in Hyperion Heights. And Nick <laughs> would have been like, oh, my goodness, I'm Jack the Giant Slayer. I must slay this giant. <laughs> and then bad things. No. But I, I don't know what the... Because right now... Gothel can manipulate Rogers, I guess. Mm -hmm. She has some purpose. I don't know what. Why would she want to kill him? Of anything. Yeah, I don't know. It did remind me of Henry throwing the apple.
2: Well, maybe it was like a love spell cake.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) and and they did zoom in on the cake in the trash can and you see it oozing through the little cutouts in the trash can. It looked
1: delicious. It
0: also looked a little bit bloody. Because no, of it like the red inside something. of it kind of seeping out, which kind of made it look like it was a blood. little bit menacing.
2: I think
1: it was probably just a cake.
2: <laughs> I wonder if we're going to come back to that trash can <laughs> and it's going to have been like, you know, like acid or something in <laughs> the trash can. And he's like, whoa, she tried to poison me. She tried to burn my mouth out, which makes no sense. <laughs> I saved her life. But
0: then again, hey, this wouldn't be the first time that Gothel poisoned Hook. Because Hook did say in 702, Wish Hook that is, that uh, it was a vengeful witch who poisoned his heart. And so maybe maybe Gothel is just out to get hurt. Because remember Gothel and Hook's true history and the connection with true Eloise Gardner or Alice. There's like so much weird stuff going on.
1: I forgot about that. There is more because the last we saw Wish Hook with... Alice, he was holding her. So there's still more in this thing. Like she came back or something.
2: Because they played chess together in the past at Uh, some point. That's why she has the knight and he has the rook. mm -hmm. Vengeful witch.
1: Let's just call her that from now on.
2: Why would she be vengeful towards Hook? Hook did exactly what she needed him to do and she got out. She's vengeful
0: toward Rapunzel because Rapunzel was the one who trapped her in there and she meant that curse wow. to be to trap rapunzel.
1: But there may but obviously she had a reason to do something to separate alice from hook. So there will be some kind of vengefulness. Maybe she just wanted another baby for another thing and he said no nope. and she poisoned his heart. <laughs> Cuz apparently she wants that now.
0: Ew. And why Anastasia over all of this too? Like what is it yeah, like, that Gothel would have to gain from the whole Anastasia thing?
1: Her whole thing is weird. Yeah, she wants, she has some stake in the Anastasia thing. She wants, I'm assuming, another baby. I, I, I she wants to be <laughs> outside to do her magic. That somehow helps her. She was having trouble in the tower, which, by the way, why is she back in the tower? Hmm.
2: It's her safe space.
1: I guess it wasn't so much to get out. That she did what she did as to get Victoria arrested and out of the picture.
2: Well, and as Ivy said, they would be thrown in the loony bin if they were out in public now.
0: Right. And here's an interesting connection. This came from uh, Zoe Rabbit saying, Mm -hmm. Just thought you'd like to know about some information regarding Eloise in Disney lore. Eloise is the name of the forgotten princess in The Black Cauldron, which I would say is the forgotten Disney movie. Uh, It's basically like Imagine (laughs) Lord of the Rings in cartoon form, very badly done and forgotten. It's like the Windows (laughs) M.E. of Disney movies. The Black Cauldron, which first hit the big screen in the late 80s. And fun fact, Tim Burton was one of the animators in the film. Now, here's the theory in the Black Cauldron. The namesake is an incredibly rare cauldron that is used to bring back the dead. Could it be used to bring back Anastasia, or will Eloise bring up an army of the undead to get her revenge? Either way, this can be very interesting on what is to happen in later episodes. Keep up the good work and don't get mud on your shoes. Thank you, Zoe. (laughs)
1: Don't get mud on your shoes.
2: (laughs) I like that thing about the Black Cauldron being used to raise the dead. That's a good connection.
0: Yeah, and the Black Cauldron, the forgotten Disney movie, uh, is the one movie that I don't think Disney or the ABC has touched on at all with Once Upon a Time.
1: Because why would they?
0: Because it was horrible. It's the Windows ME, like I said.
1: But that's not why they would.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe because, I don't know. (laughs) it's a disney movie so they're they're grasping at straws maybe when they decide to do alternate reality versions of all of the same characters
2: (laughs) but they are trying to raise the dead
0: yeah or did they already (laughs) and so when when victoria found the coffin was the body in it we don't know right
2: oh Oh, i guess not good point (laughs)
0: So what if Anastasia is walking around somewhere in town and for some reason, a curse had to be cast to forget who she was or that she existed or that she has this power. Maybe she cast the curse.
1: (laughs) Maybe they should all just fall backwards into bathtubs.
2: (laughs) Well, she does have magic, according to Drizella. Yeah. Magic that belongs to her. And the superlative
0: purest heart.
1: Does it belong to Drizella? They could mean that either way. They could mean that (laughs) greedily or literally the magic was somehow taken from Drizella for some reason.
0: Well, here's a theory from Taylor saying they've done a good job concealing who the curse caster is. I think it could only be one of the three that were always awake, either Gothel, Drizella, or Belfry. I think that maybe it was a two-part cast. Ivy seems to really know Gothel. They have had to have met before the curse was cast. So Ivy was in turmoil on how to do this curse just right and make sure it was unbreakable. Presumably, since Gothel is powerful, maybe she knew how. When Drizella bumps into Gothel, she gives her the praise and attention she always wanted. Therefore, that makes Gothel a mentor figure to Drizella and probably helped with controlling and using her magic. Since Gothel isn't on the straight and narrow like Regina has been doing, Gothel won't hold back and will make a deal with Drizella. I'll give you what you need to cast this unbreakable curse and you give me my memories and let me keep my magic. Drizella then goes to Belfry and casts the curse in front of her. She puts a fake memory, unlike the rest, causing Belfry to seem like she is in charge of Hyperion Heights and thinking Drizella is still useless and dumb. The only thing I can't figure out is if this is the original dark curse, then she would need the heart of the person she loves most. It doesn't seem like there are many of those except for Gothel. There has to have been some person we don't know of. I could have forgotten something, or Gothel told her a way to cast the curse without the heart, which seems impossible.
1: Well, look at Gothel's magic. It's probably a vegan curse. <laughs> they just used hearts of romaine instead.
2: Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> It could it is such a different curse though that it could have been completely rewritten to not include that somehow.
0: And, and someone else's theory um sorry I can't find out who it was, but someone else had suggested that maybe when Gisella was digging around the tower, she already had magic and um, could already control it and she hmm. played Regina in order to learn about the curse.
1: Well, because by that point she had already met Alice. Somehow convinced her that she was a sorceress, which probably involved the use of magic, and convinced Alice that she was cured.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Maybe. Timeline-wise, that has to make sense because it's all in a, well, maybe not as short a time as it feels like because they're kind of out there in the woods being the resistance without any actual confrontations but they (laughs) but you know everything for the resistance right
0: well it could be super quick though because remember the first time we saw alice she was chasing a rabbit she was in a hurry and maybe she was in a hurry chasing that rabbit because she needed that rabbit to somehow get to Hmm. hook and like she just had the curse supposedly removed and so yeah so she's all uh, trying to find hook and in a hurry Uh,
1: Well, the timeline is somewhat compressed because here Regina's just telling Hook about the tower and how it was in ruins. Mm -hmm. And last he... So she's just been there. And last he knew, Alice was there, which apparently was a really long time ago. Yeah. But there she is again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that actually seems to have to mean that Drizella, because... She did all that so that she could go to Wonderland and get everybody else to Wonderland so that she could poison Henry's heart. I, am I missing something on the timeline? She did have to already know how to use magic before she met Regina.
0: Yeah, and that theory came in from Lisa. That's who it was. And Lisa said, after this week's episodes, I was scratching my head as to how Drizella had acquired so much magical know-how after, what, a week? But then I remembered in the premiere that Tremaine was practically showing off magic with the fairy godmother's wand, and that she had managed to take down a fairy. What if Drizella is just playing Regina? Yes, she told her that Tremaine had not let her use her magic, but maybe that was just her attempt to learn about dark magic from Regina. Maybe she took down Ella's fairy godmother on Tremaine's orders. Maybe Drizella's, quote, run-in, unquote, with Regina was a carefully orchestrated plot And she's been in control of her magic the whole time.
2: That would make sense, too, if Anastasia has magic that belongs to Drizella and she's been dead for, I would guess, years because she's 14 and Drizella is not 14 or anywhere kind of close to that age.
0: And here's another theory from WWO. Eloise could be Anastasia's cursed name in Hyperion Heights since Gothel is the fake Eloise.
1: I like it but only if it well it doesn't work because supposedly anastasia was victoria's favorite and apparently the one she'd do everything for why would she keep her locked in a tower that's chained up it doesn't and then be like help me raise you from the dead
0: and also (laughs) uh, you have no idea what you let crawl out in, yeah. into the world. She wouldn't say that about her one and only loved daughter.
1: <laughs> right. So, it's a nice theory, but I think it probably doesn't work. I there are so many names for every person. It's <laughs> getting kind of crazy. Because- you guys
2: also forgot that we're forgetting the timeline now. We're just like not trying to figure it out the
0: first rule of the timeline in this season apparently that we've been breaking is you don't talk about the timeline <laughs> I
2: we just talked
1: about the time <laughs> timeline for quite a while because we that's what proves that anna blah, whoever she is Drizella is a little more crafty than we even thought
0: yeah true potentially
1: unless it's a plot hole which you know
0: so with anastasia missing what we see here's the other thing whoever Anastasia is is going to be a big reveal in some way because they didn't let us see Anastasia's face before,
2: eh. but I've there's nobody that. that fits that description that we know unless it's Lucy, which doesn't work
0: well. One <laughs> thing to bring up so remember, there is that anti-aging turn back the clock potion that who used on wish hook belfry used on wish hook maybe she did the same thing on lucy slash anastasia to make anastasia younger and become lucy that why but that would to have make had her to like
2: ha- a baby but why
0: that would have had to have happened <laughs> back in New Enchanted Forest because at least if you go by the finale from season 6 of Once Upon a Time Lucy was there with Henry and she did yeah. call Henry father. So that theory might not hold yeah. much water or pure hearts. No. I'm going to I'm going to say no on that one.
2: I liked the resolution between Rogers and Tilly. It was a really sweet scene mm-hmm. and it was like their first good heart-to-heart as unknowing father-daughter.
0: But at what point are they going to get too close and then suddenly the the poisoned heart thing kicks in and throws them apart?
1: Have
2: well, they that's not the thing. touched?
1: <laughs> there again, I think that it wouldn't work where there's no magic.
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah.
1: Somebody else made a reference to that, did they not? Something else? Recent. This season. I could be totally crazy. Something that... Worked because the earth I don't know.
0: Well, remember a
1: benefit of there being no magic.
0: Yeah, well, remember, oh, real yeah. hook didn't go all crazy. Dark one simply because he didn't remember that. No, she was don't the Dark even
1: one. remember <laughs> that because that's stupid and not not applying here.
2: <laughs> yeah, Regina went to grab. I don't know. She went to make a fireball or something or grab uh, Drizella's throat, and mm. Drizella was Ivy was like, "Oh, land without magic."
1: Well, maybe it was just a theory that we had,
2: but, but it's the
1: same principle as poison that's magical, not working while time is frozen or where there's no magic or something like that. So the last thing that I think I'm confused about from this whole thing is Eloise. I almost said Eloise Gothel. (laughs) (laughs) Gothel, Gardner, you know.
0: Well, and that's the other thing to just throw into this whole thing. Gothel's magic seems to be gardening related. And here, True. her f- fake question mark name in uh, in Hyperion Heights is Eloise Gardener. But okay, that so that said, please continue.
1: Yeah, obviously, we didn't think that name belonged to her. I thought it was just a name in a case file that was never going to lead anywhere because the person he was actually searching for was his daughter, who seemed to be Alice. But okay, fine. So it's her name. It's still confusing because the whole case is fake. And then, of course, they fabricated the finding of her. But here's why I'm confused. He was looking for a little girl. How does this work in his mind? I don't get it at all.
0: No, it works because she disappeared when she was a little girl.
1: But girl. he was supposed to be patrolling the neighborhood. He's not that. He's not older than she is. I don't get it true he should be That's looking true. for someone who is young enough to be abducted when he was already a police officer but
0: remember he is actually older he just doesn't look at it because of the devilishly handsome uh, potion but it, but that gets it's, too
2: but that doesn't mental. work he
1: was for looking Hyperion for a little girl heights. and suddenly here's this woman and he's like oh yeah you're you're her i've been looking for you for a long time
2: yeah i don't think what? they ever said that he was looking for a little girl though Maybe they just not. said girl, missing girl. Maybe, well, a missing girl could be 20.
1: It's true. Uh, yeah. But if if they were trying to misdirect us, they did it a little too hard and didn't really clarify. They should have at least, unless I'm forgetting or I'm missing something, they should have at some point, like maybe earlier in that episode, just had him going over case notes, just Offhand, mention her age when she disappeared, and we all go, Oh, wait, that's older than I assumed.
0: What if the whole Eloise Gardner thing, though, is Gothel's work on the curse? And even though Hook and his daughter did find each other, sort of, although they couldn't actually be together, what if she planted this memory so that it was her own fail safe to be able to be rescued and removed from her bonds?
1: Uh well, I mean,
0: cuz the whole gardener and yeah, well, I mean, gardener and Tilly and also Eloise and Tilly kind of connect as well as though Gother and gardener.
1: He didn't find her in the tower obviously. So, I mean, they just put her there to I don't know. It's it could be, but it it's a little fuzzy to me.
0: A lot of stuff is
1: really fuzzy. just like area. Gothel's head. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs>
2: As opposed to the rest of the show that is so black and white, this
1: is, you know, the only gray area. Then she goes and I guess colors her hair or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right?
0: Make herself look, look younger.
1: She seems awfully well adjusted for having been in captivity for so long.
0: Well,
2: and speaking, she is
1: at a halfway house, so.
2: A transition house. Oh, sure.
0: And speaking of captivity... We're going to be in captivity for a couple more weeks until the next episode of Once Upon a Time airs, which will be December 8th. And then we get one more episode on December 15th before the winter hiatus. So we've got two more episodes. Once Upon a Time won't be back until Friday, December 8th, and then December 15th. And that's it. For but a while. we don't
1: have any real idea when it returns after... Winter hiatus.
0: Probably March or April. That's when they've usually been doing it. So you can join us for our live podcast that we record on the Monday following the next two episodes. uh, After each one, that is. Hey, thanks. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time over (laughs) at com slash live. And send us your feedback after you watch those next two episodes. Just
1: send us your feedback.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And we will... Yeah, I, I can't take that <laughs> anywhere else. I was going to try and weave it uh, into something.
1: Uh, <laughs> Roger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 um, this The 15th is at least a week later, if not two weeks later, than they usually will show an episode in December.
0: Yeah, it is a bit strange that they're not taking only the thanksgiving week off but they're taking three weeks off really weeks. we're taking only two weeks off with the podcast because we had two episodes to do a podcast about and so our schedule we recorded across two weeks instead of only in one so we were helping you a little bit with uh that that little break we're here for you yeah we are
1: <laughs> we're rationing our content
0: for you so in the meantime, please connect with us on Twitter at Once Podcast and continue the discussion about this episode over at OnesPodcast.com slash 318. And you can also continue the discussion in our forums at OnesPodcast.com. And make sure, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the podcast and receiving every episode automatically, make sure you do that over at OnesPodcast.com. And you can connect with each of us individually to see what's going on with our personal lives and other things we're involved in with our own twitter accounts i'm daniel j lewis on twitter at the daniel j lewis
1: i'm jeremy laughlin on twitter at fleegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n
2: i'm aaron on twitter at aaron j Cruz.
0: our podcast would not be possible without our great team helping us episode after episode so thanks to jack for writing our show notes john Buchanan for editing our episodes hunter hathaway and jacqueline for providing our spoilers you'll hear from them next but in a couple weeks also thanks to jacqueline and matthew paul for moderating the forums keb for masterminding our timeline and to my fellow co hosts jeremy aaron heather hunter and jacqueline for hosting this podcast with me and until next time remember it's complicated and thanks for listening <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of those amazing heroes too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.